Hello and welcome everyone to the first episode of Full Kit Banter FKB. This is a project I've been very excited to start on and I'm very glad to have one of my best friends, Yushan, joining me today. Uh, Yushan, how long would you say that we've been trying to get this up and running? I think two years if I'm not wrong. Yeah, so a little bit about myself. I've been a uh, Chelsea fan for about 18 years, which is about two-thirds of my lifespan, so you probably know how old I am right now. Uh, so it's since 2002, wait, my math, yeah, yeah, yeah 2002, <laughs> which was like way before, okay, wouldn't say way before, but two years before the money came in. That's a, that's a long time, yeah, way, okay, so yeah. we've got a, so we've got an ardent the, Chelsea fan. Yeah, so I've had the privilege of actually seeing stellar players like Celestine Babayaro, <laughs> yes. Mario Melchior and yes. Sigoya play before like actual legit players came in but hey i'm gonna give a shout out to my boy jimmy floyd hasselbank i mean that guy that what? guy was a player man i mean what, he was he, the main was reason okay yeah. yeah he was the main reason why i started liking chelsea it wasn't zola because zola was like a little bit i was a little bit too young to appreciate the player that zola was yeah but floyd hasselbank man he i swear he scored like half of his goals outside the penalty box. He had a sledgehammer of a right foot. The thing is about this new season that's starting is the both of us have a very vested interest in um, in the season because, like Yushin said, he's a Chelsea fan and been, they've been doing bits in the transfer market. And, you know, me being a Liverpool fan, yeah, haha. Uh, we are f- <laughs> it's the first time I've, since I've been a fan uh, from, I think, 20 years ago that we've actually been champions yeah i mean honestly saying ever since liverpool won the league i've been seeing lots of uh, like when i go out i've seen almost every fan with i i'm i mean i'm assuming they are supporting liverpool Mm -hmm. yeah they've been uh, out and about wearing their liverpool jerseys i mean it kind of reminds me of the that reverse jeep meme of homer simpson appearing out (laughs) of the bushes yeah I mean, yeah, it's the yeah. first title in 30 years, so I kind of understand why. Chelsea, for starters, since we, we did bring yeah. them out earlier. We've only gone and signed like 300,000 players this window. <laughs> only? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, let's start with Hakim Ziyech, because he was the first guy that we actually signed. Mm. I've only watched him about twice, and that was both times against uh, Chelsea in the Champions League. And dude, he's a baller. Mm. He has a one of a uh, left foot, sorry. Yeah, he's a one of a left foot. And honestly speaking, Chelsea have been crying out for a player like this for a long time. A, a player who plays on the right side of midfield, but has who has a is dominant on his left foot. He's able to be like the, the inside forward, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. The last player that actually came close to this was Iron Robin. Oh my god, that, was like, was it, has ago. it been that long? Uh, okay, I would say Pedro, but Pedro is like a different player. He plays along the shoulders of uh, the last defender. So he, he isn't really that creative, he's more of like a poacher. Whereas ZH-wise, he can float balls in from like the halfway line and it, it's, it's, like a, it's like a homing missile. Mm. It goes exactly towards like the striker or the person at the back post. Yeah, and we've been crying out for a player like him for so long. I mean, William did... A good job, but I mean he's William. 
I've yeah. been watching him. William, okay, William's a guy. You, did, you mentioned something to me about how he only yeah. kind of steps up his game when the contract's on the line. I've, I've been watching him for seven years. He only does well whenever there's a contract on the line. Like, when his contract's about to run out, he just steps up his game. And after he signs the contract, it, it's just back to same old William. <laughs> what, what other signings? I mean, like you, you mentioned earlier, there's like a ton of signings. Um, which one would you say you're the most excited about? And... Yeah, which Honestly, one which I, one are you I, most excited about? Yeah, I, I can't believe that we actually signed Timo Werner. I've been reading out on his stats and last season he scored twenty eight goals and actually came up with about double digit assists. I can't remember the exact number, but dude, That's fine. We we, we just we just have to know that he's top class and yeah, was, wasn't I mean, wasn't he, he the only one behind Lewandowski? Yeah, he was. And I mean he's only twenty four. So he's exponentially going to get better as he plays more and more. And he's not even in his prime yet. I mean, imagine him at like 28 years old. I mean, I don't want to jinx him now. I mean, he could <laughs> be the next He could be the, the next Morata for all we know. And I'm sure I've spoken to, to you about our trend with uh, white strikers. Yeah. Trying to be as politically <laughs> correct as possible. Nah, I mean, that. What, how... That's literally a fact that they are white and they play striker. <laughs> I I told you before I, I wanted him to sign for us very badly, but fortunately we were broke. Uh couldn't afford his wages. Um but what about that uh, other German, you know, the you know, what's his face? I can't I can't remember his name, you know, like he's just so it's not like anyone's been talking about him. Uh you mean uh someone called Kai Havertz? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> To be honest, because I haven't been playing FIFA for since FIFA for sixteen, actually. Yeah, I boycott, mean, boycott, yeah. Yeah, so anyone who has played FIFA will definitely know about Kai Havertz. I mean, he's come through the Bayer Leverkusen Youth Academy, and honestly speaking, I haven't actually watched much of him play. No, heard about him until Chelsea were being linked to right uh, his signing. So like. Any listeners behind listeners on this podcast will be like, "Oh damn, plastic Chelsea fan." I'll be like, "Nah, I mean, if I'll anything, be like, hey, man, <laughs> I have a life. I can't be twenty-four hours on Chelsea transfer watch." It's but, not just uh, that. Yeah, I mean, I've actually watched some highlights of him, and I mean, generational talent. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, anyone who, like, come on, let's be real. Like, we're talking about the Premier League and. All these people who are saying they've been, you know, watching Vernon, uh, almost at Hazard, Havertz, for months. How many of them actually watch Bundesliga week in week out? Not I many, mean, man. It's probably they're probably getting most of their views from Europa League and Champions League or those YouTube highlights. You know the the, the you know the one I'm talking about. Those mm-hmm, montage yeah. videos, skill compilations. <laughs> but if I'm gonna be honest, I was I was pretty shocked when. Uh, Harvards when when Chelsea was the fr- were the front runners for Harvards I thought if anything he would go to a Real Madrid or Bayern would poach him I never expect especially if the showing of of Mason Mount last season I didn't think Chelsea would be the front runners for him but like you said generational talent so if you have the option to buy a player like Kai Havertz you have to do it yeah I mean a lot of rival fans that uh, I've seen on social media they've been. I would say a little bit upset that Chelsea's been signing all this uh this caliber of players and then like 
as a rebuttal. What do we tell him? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll get to that later. Uh, soon. <laughs> yeah, but like most of the rebuttal is like, oh, uh, Chelsea have signed all this this new players. So what's gonna happen to the academy players? I mean, Lampard's just gonna chuck them one side. So I was reading some of the comments, and first thing that came to my mind was, is it an offense to strengthen the team? Hey. Well, I mean, squad depth, <laughs> squad depth. It's it's something that is rarely touched upon. Everyone seems to be very FIFA centric, to the point that oh, uh, if you have a good starting eleven, you're just gonna play a starting eleven from from like game one to game like sixty, and players are like machines; they don't really need rest. I mean, players are human, so they they're about there's bound to be like injuries and loss of form. And whenever that happens, you need someone of, I wouldn't say the same caliber and quality, but someone who is able to do a job in that position. I think the last time you guys won the title, um, not even the Conte team. I'm talking about Mourinho's second stint when he won the league. You guys had a phenomenal bench as well. Uh, but comparing to the 2004-2005 bench, I think that bench was way stronger. I mean, we had yeah, like yeah. But the the one with the Mourinho second stint, you were you guys weren't the you know, no longer the apex predators. You had like Mourinho said it himself, you were the little horses, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. just needed we just needed signing. Oh, that was the Diego Costa and Fabregas season, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, yeah, the one. Felipe Luis. Yeah, Felipe Luis. Oh, and um, talking about left backs, I'm yeah. actually so stoked that we signed Ben Chilwell, Chili B himself. Oh, finally! I mean, I I'm sure that we finally have a successor to Ashley Cole. I mean, ever since Ashley Cole retired the caliber of left backs that we had was so bad I mean I could just name you a few like Please. we had, had Baba Rahman God, <laughs> God save his soul uh, we we had Felipe Luis uh, yeah this guy was a bit of a mystery to me on why he didn't actually succeed in Chelsea I don't really know why but I think Mourinho kind of saw something in him that didn't really f- suit way he played the way we played which was kind of a question mark to me because he came from Atletico together with uh, Diego Costa so I kind of thought that he was a Marino type player but apparently he wasn't yep so after Felipe Luis we had bought <laughs> Marcus Alonso yeah yeah and it uh, was a very uh, surprising signing at the time yep and Zappa Costa and Emerson and yeah, we actually had Aspi fill in at left back for a few for that that title winning season. I mean, it kind of speaks volumes when you had to like play a makeshift left back in Aspi. Yeah, yeah, and it it's almost James Milner esque in the way that your first choice left back was so unreliable that you had to go out of your way to convert another player playing some uh, in a completely different position to. Just yeah, to I'm, almost fill the void. I mean, uh, you. I bet you can relate to that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've had. Yeah, we'll get. We'll get to that. Um, but yeah, you. You. We were talking about Felipe Luis, and I was about to to add that maybe, you know, it's the fact that he was moving to a new country, didn't speak the language. Mm-hmm. Maybe just didn't settle in. But what do you think about your new Brazilian centre back, Thiago Silva? Do you think he'll be able to? I mean, he's a lot more experienced, so. 
perhaps you'll be able to to get over the, those those language barriers and hurdles a bit easier. But what do you think he brings to the team now? Yeah, because I remember we were speaking offline about uh, like the, the signings of the season, mm-hmm. and potentially Thiago Silva could be one. Okay, I'm gonna uh, like admit to the fact that when I first heard that Thiago Silva was linked to Chelsea, I wasn't really stoked on the transfer because he's 36. Yeah. Uh, has no Premier League experience. And one more concerning thing was his wages, which I read that he was earning about 300000 per week at PSG. And I'm afraid, I was afraid that Chelsea were going to like, actually match his wages to bring him over. On like a three-year contract, <laughs> right, right. But <laughs> yeah, but after the deal was done, I actually read that it was a one-year deal with an option of a standing for, uh, for another year, depending on his performance, and his wages. He actually accepted about a hundred thousand a week, so I was slowly warming up to that transfer. I mean, in terms of like the ultimate stopgap, move uh, transfer market moves, he is the epitome of it. He's gonna bring. A wealth of experience to that backline. He's played in Champions League finals. He's won many uh, League One titles with PSG. He's gonna bring leadership and a sense of calm at the back of Chelsea, which was evidently not there mm-hmm. last year. Not just last year. I mean, for it's been that way for a while. You guys, I mean, most of your centre backs are relatively young. I mean, Christensen kind of gives off that vibe that he's a very young player, but I feel he might be. You know, maybe like 26, 27, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he, he, kind, of, he kind of... Like, when you when you hear about Andre Christensen, it kind of feels that he's been here for like a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Zuma... <laughs> Zuma. There, was one, there, was, <laughs> there was a time he was c- compared to John Terry, but he hasn't really come into fruition. And I don't know what happened to Rudiger ever since his... Uh, he had a a really standard injury and he's not the same player ever since he came back from injury. Yeah, and he's I mean, been he's in and out of the been, side as well. Yeah, and he's been so inconsistent and he's supposed to be like Chelsea's best defender. So that's why we've, like, previous season, we've considered as many goals as Brighton, which is a shocking uh, thing for a... <laughs> why? Bri- Brighton have, Brighton have Lewis Dunk. <laughs> But hey, I... Well, yeah. And I think the last uh, signing that we uh, touted to do is Edouard Mendy. Yeah, but I mean... Okay, yeah, go ahead. Well, okay. To be honest, I've actually checked some some stats on Chelsea's uh, defensive uh, stats. Oh, yeah, I'm repeating myself. I mean, Chelsea's defensive stats weren't so bad last season I mean we were top 3 in terms of uh, XG which is expected goals mm-hmm. and yeah well it the reason why we considered so many goals was because we had a Spanish hologram playing keeper yeah I think you're not a fan of Kepa yeah not a big fan so I mean Edward Mendy if he signs on a 5 year deal is he going to provide much competition for Kepa probably you know, get Kepa to perform back to his first ever season with Sari, which actually he did pretty well. I mean, I'm sure if you pay 70 million for Kepa, 
there's bound to be a player inside somewhere, but I'm just thinking that he's had a really, really bad season last year and hopefully he can improve this year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good that you guys are almost building a new spine or at least adding to it. Mm-hmm. Um, switching over to Liverpool, we've been very lucky that we had this pretty. We had a pretty similar problem to you guys, as in we were very good going forward, but we were just hopeless at the back. And mm-hmm. once we changed that spine, it's almost like not last season, but the the Champions League winning winning season. Our foundation, our bread and butter, was our defense. So I know how just how important it is to. When you see a weakness, you have to rectify it immediately. But unfortunately, right now. I don't know what's going on at Enfield and FSG, but I mean, I do know kind of what's going on. It's, you know, pandemic yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, comparing Chelsea to, to Liverpool, it's kind of like two ends of the spectrum when you talk about transfers in. Mm. Like, we were chatting offline about it and you kind of said that it's something, like a, it's like an American owner's sort of uh, willing and dealing, I guess. Right, right. Um. Yeah, and what I meant by that was it's almost like you have... I know each team has a, a roster size or a registration size where you can have, I think, maximum 26 players. But I think FSG are taking the approach that they don't want an excess in each position. And that's why so many of our players are able to perform different roles. You very rarely have a player at Liverpool where who can only play one position. You know, even... Um, like Joe Gomez, for example, he's able to play right back when needed. You know, we operated with pretty much no backup right back the whole of last season. It was just Trent and Gomez. But now Neko Williams is in, so it, it looks like we're able to have a bit more specialist personnel in each position. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think we need a bit more competition up front for the front three because yeah, I mean, we've, we've been so lucky play. with injuries. Yeah, I mean... Regarding Liverpool's uh, transfer strategy, I'm going to play like devil's advocate for this. I mean, if you remember, the, the the guy who coined the term willing and dealing was uh, Harry, very yeah. Redknapp from Spurs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that did bring success in, in the form of top four finishes for Spurs. But there's only so much skimping off the top that you can do before it actually comes back and bite you, if you know what I mean. I do, but like, that that was in a sense that's not yeah, entirely yeah, like, the I mean, same thing. Yeah, I mean budget signings can only get you so far. You're gonna have to invest like big amounts on marquee signings in seasons to come. If not, you're Definitely. just gonna yeah. If not, you're gonna regress. It's not necessarily. I mean, sure, marquee signings um, could definitely be an answer, but I mean, as we've seen before. The entire that the entire front three were pretty much I won't say mid tier, it's a bit disrespectful, but you know, they weren't exactly being being fancied by the, the real elite sides. Mm-hmm. So I guess Klopp has an eye for talents that maybe haven't reached their full potential. But the the scary yeah. thing for me is that one day oh. we are we're we are in talks to to sign all these players like Werner, for example, and then the next day mm-hmm. it's just for no reason or not a very clear one that the deal just gets cuts off. Uh, just gets mm-hmm. cut off. I mean, it baffles me on how you guys are struggling to fund the Thiago move. Yeah. Been, yeah, it 
it's almost like a transfer saga now when it doesn't really need to it be. It really should have just been done at the start of the window. I, I mean, you guys won the Premier League this season and you guys uh, won the Champions League two, two years ago. And yep. I don't see the reason why you guys can't cough up like 30 million, which is the touted transfer fee for Thiago Alcantara. I think it's almost like an ego thing, you know, like FSG, uh, FSG almost sees it as his contract's running out. We mm-hmm. don't want to give Bayern the satisfaction of paying their their value, you know. They, they almost want to get an ego win by lowering his value to their expected price and then signing him and saying like, oh yeah, we we got a coup instead of, you know, having Bayern like say like, oh yeah, we, we totally ripped you guys off or something, but... I understand, and in this market, especially when you have a player like Thiago on the line, what is an extra ten million, right? Thiago would elevate the midfield to new heights. Yeah, especially I mean, I could actually leaves. see Klopp trying out a new formation this year, because you guys rocked with the four-three-three formation last year, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. And you guys sorely lack someone who is of Thiago's caliber, some uh, a deep lying playmaker I mean Fabinho does that well to a certain extent but not to like Thiago levels yeah and we we were too reliant on the flanks I mean when it works it works spectacularly but I think against Man City the the one we got where we got smashed uh, 4-0 yeah it it really was I, I wouldn't say exposed it's a bit harsh but it was shown that when our plan A is really shut down by a top side, we, we do not have... Plan B. Yeah, same, it's the same thing with Arsenal being the community shield. I don't want to take anything away from Arsenal, who we'll get to in a bit, but... Mm-hmm. It was a bit of Liverpool not showing up, along with Arsenal playing well, but they didn't play spectacularly either. I feel Liverpool should have won it in 90 minutes. Yeah, and I kind of feel that Klopp kind of wants to integrate uh, Minamino into the side this season. So I think yeah. a four-two-three-one could really help with this, and uh, possible. I mean, you guys are definitely gonna play against teams that defend in the low block, and a four-three-three yeah. without someone of, let's say, Felipe Coutinho, Thiago Alcantara, or like a Kai Havertz, you're gonna. The only way you're gonna break them down is through the flanks, uh, Robertson and Trent's crosses, but there's. There are ways to defend against it as uh, post-lockdown has shown. Definitely, um, definitely. Yeah. You guys, I mean, you guys were unbeaten for 29 games, sorry, 31 games until you kind of got found out, really. What has happened to Shakiri? I just want to know. I, I, I want to know too. He's like not injured. Has he even played last season? I don't remember. He played like I think I think he started twice, maybe even once, and he featured maybe four or five times. Yeah, I'm amazed he, he got a medal, but um, yeah, I don't know what's up with him and Klopp. Th- there's constant rumors that he's gonna be sold, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't think we'll be able to sell any of our. I don't extra, think you like guys. Our players, there are surplus to requirements. Yeah, I don't think you guys are able to to sell um, Shakiri without getting a replacement in I mean your squad's already thin enough as it is yeah but we still have like Harry Wilson <laughs> who <laughs> I was hoping would be able to sell to, to get some funds but 
looks like him and Gruich are staying. But yeah, I mean, I I I like those guys as as squad players, but I don't know if they've convinced Klopp that they're good enough to feature in his plans. Um, but going from one team that struggled to make signings to another, or do you want to talk about Man City first? Should we talk yeah, about I yeah mean, the I the favorites? Yeah, Man City. Yeah, let's give them some respect. I have it. Currently, I have it down for City to win the league as it stands yeah. with the signings yeah. that they have. I mean, they're currently linked to 75 million Koulibaly, which, wow, I mean, I if, he signs, if he signs for Man City, it's going to be a walkover. I mean, as as good as Chelsea signings have been and uh, Liverpool being Liverpool, I kind of see it being City's <laughs> year this year. Oh I yeah, mean, they're going to yeah, be pissed off. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, if Liverpool do sign Thiago Alcantara, I could see it a playing field level, but as it stands... City uh, champions elect for me. 41 million for a player who has been relegated seems a bit much, but I really do rate the guy. He's pretty good in the air. About I think he's as good as Otamendi in the air. He's left-footed, which is a rarity in, amongst defenders now. And he can play the ball very well. And I actually yeah. looked up all, all key traits that yeah. Pep wants the defenders to have and, as and, well. And and do you know that he's actually one of two defenders that hasn't actually made an error leading to a goal? I didn't know that, but that doesn't shock me. <laughs> Every time I watched him play, he... I mean, he's strong, he's quick. Like you said, he has a good eye for a pass. Oh, do um, you want he also to make shows a leadership qualities. Yeah, do you who's want to the make other a one? On who's the other one? Yeah. Uh, it's gonna surprise like I, you. I feel like I should know this. Is it uh? It's not. It's Van a centre back. It's a no. Nah, I know it's not Van Dijk. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a centre back or like any defender. It's a defender who finished in one of the top four teams this season. Ooh. Yeah. Fuck me. Is it? It's gonna shock you. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. I I keep the defender that keeps popping in my head is like Lindelof. Even though I know he's definitely made a mistake. Oh, it's definitely not Lindelof. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know who, who is okay. it. Bellerin? It's, it's actually Mr. Potbelly himself, Luke Shaw. Wow. And I said, I can't believe I said Bellerin. Arsenal didn't finish in the top four. Um, <laughs> Luke Shaw is another player who was signed for like much fanfare and then kind of just never really cemented his place as like United's premier left back, you know? I mean, it's kind of a good segue to the us talking about United now. Yeah. And the uh, top four hopes. Well, I mean, the chances saga is all about Jadon Sancho, right? Yeah, who they've apparently um, made headway with, but nothing's confirmed yet. Yeah, the last I read was a £90 million bid. With, uh, I mean, personal terms have already been agreed. And kind of seems much, a bit too much. But that's the English tax that we're talking about. I mean, all English homegrown players have this extra 15 million that clubs have to fork out in order to sign them. Yeah, the the, the English tax and the United tax. I mean, I don't know. 90 million for him, who hasn't actually... Okay, he was from the City Academy, but he hasn't actually played... And also, don't you think United... That's not an area that United need to strengthen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Especially I mean, for that kind of money. I would say yes to a certain extent, but 
most United fans that I've interacted with, they've complained about having a non-existent right winger since Nani. Oh my god. I mean, I mean, if if you talk about the right wingers they have had since Nani, it was Valencia for one season. I mean, okay, he he did a job there, but he got shifted to right back. Yeah. For some reason, I mean that. Oh, that United didn't that happen was... at Ashley Young as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for some reason, United didn't buy defenders, but they always stocked up on wingers, and it was always wingers who played on the left and not on the right. So they had Valencia, they had Mata, who's not a natural right winger. Mm-hmm. They had Lingard. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, was it Gabriel Obertan played there after Nani did? Pretty sure Obertan was on left, but I oh, mean Obertan was like, uh, yeah, he's not. He's a non He's more of a Newcastle player than a United player in my yeah, head. That's, that's true. Yeah. But so yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I actually have to say that they need a right winger. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, I I said this last year. People uh, people were skeptical, but I said Harry Maguire not that <laughs> good, and uh, yeah, a lot of United fans have. I won't say they've turned on him, but they're just not. They don't have confidence in him, like you know, you would have in your your number one centre back. I mean, Maguire is just a square hit Phil Jones, right? Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> a great way to put it. Uh. But then again, if you think about it, United have splashed big money on so many centre-backs in the last five years. First, they got in Eric Bailly, he was supposed to be this beast from Villarreal. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite turn out that way. I mean, he was very athletic, but was always prone to that error, and he, he got a few injuries. Then Lindelof came in. And from my from my viewpoint, I feel that Bai is a better defender than Lindelof, but United coaches don't seem to think the same as as. Maybe it's I a training think. thing, man, because it it can't just be you know it, if it was just Mourinho, maybe I'd understand, but it seems to be the same thing with Ole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One Bisaka, great signing. I love that yes. video of him uh, <laughs> flopping at the Ronaldo chop. <laughs> but yeah, I'll be the first to admit he's a very good, very good uh signing. Gonna be a mainstay for a while. I mean, I give United a lot of stick because yeah, so they're United, I. but uh, I really have to applaud them for that one Bissaka signing. Mm-hmm. I mean, United fans had to endure Ashley Young playing at right back for more than they should have. <laughs> like Diogo so I kind of empathize. <laughs> yeah, I kind of empathize with that. Yeah, and yeah. Then, uh, then they had to endure Ashley Young playing as a left back because, you know, Mourinho. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I mean, I give Luke Shaw a lot of like flag and stuff, but he really makes United a tactic. Like you could see after Luke Shaw went down with an injury, especially in the Europa League when they had to play Brandon Williams, who is a right-footed left back. Yeah, you could see do, that do, Rashford do you really him? suffered. Luke Do you Shaw? rate Brandon, uh, Brandon Williams? Uh, no, not really. I mean, he's a bit too, yeah, he's, he's also a bit too I mean, raw to, like, pass judgment on, but yeah. <laughs> I think you know, a lot I of mean, United fans yeah. have, like, gassed him up a bit too much too too soon. I mean, Luke Shaw... Okay, Luke Shaw is a better defender than Ben Chilwell, but in terms of attacking-wise, he's not. 
You think so? If you, if you could, yeah, if you could combine Luke Shaw and Chilwell together, you basically get Ashley Cole. Hey. Yeah, best <laughs> of both worlds. No, I mean, yeah, I, I. Really... No, no, I could, I could see that. I could. Mm-hmm. Luke Shaw yeah. is better than Chilwell defensively, but he like the reason why United fans give him a lot of stick is because he can't seem to cross the ball. I mean, like he had zero assists last year compared to Chilwell mm-hmm. but if you're gonna uh, talk about defense I mean bread and butter for defenders is to defend right Luke Shaw is better yeah especially and, when and that's you, coming from a Chelsea when you're fan. playing next to slab hit <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but United uh, so we talked about, their, talk their, about yeah, we talked talk about, about their attack and defense yeah just very, very very quickly yeah yeah what, what do you think about Van Der Beek uh yeah, I I actually also seen him play twice, both against Chelsea and hey, yeah. <laughs> he's more of a number eight slash six than a holding midfielder. So I don't really yeah, see yeah. why United fans are talking so much about him playing as a holding midfielder when I think he's gonna just help Pogba and Bruno Fernandez uh have rest. Yeah, he's gonna come in for them in like certain Champions League matches probably some easier Premier League matches maybe, well. maybe in a way them signing him you know it was an opportunity that was presented to them mm-hmm. and perhaps talks have stalled a bit on Pogba so they're maybe giving oh, themselves a bit of a, of a safety net in that oh. sense if Pogba decides to bounce mm-hmm. well Pogba Mbappe and Kane I believe that they are in, in this current COVID-19 climate they are like Players in golden cages. They are played well, but they can't leave. Mm. Okay, so we've been talking about Mo quite a lot. So I think it's <laughs> a good transition into talking about Spurs. Yep. So, yeah, they've signed Pierre-Emile Hoiberg and mm-hmm. Matt Yeah, I know Doherty. you've got a lot to say about that Matt Doherty transfer. Wait, is it pronounced as like Doherty? I think it's Doherty. Do- Doherty. I mean... Let's I mean, just go with Doherty. <laughs> yeah, I've heard some journalists yeah, say Doherty, Doherty yeah. Matt Murdock, Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've actually done some research on... Uh, oh, if, if the listeners don't know, he actually did has a transfer from uh, transfer from Wolves to Spurs for £13.4 million. Pounds, which, which is this... a pittance for a fullback of exactly. that stature. I mean, like, when I first heard about it, I assumed that he was on his last year of contract, but he isn't. He's he was actually he actually had three years left on his both contract. Yeah. And I, uh, well, then the the next thing I thought of was okay, he's probably like in his thirties, but no, he's actually twenty eight, and that's like a footballer's prime age. So it kind of really baffled me on on how this deal actually came to fruition. So I actually did some research and yeah, that's when you know, the shade, all, the shadiness comes in. I actually found out that you know Jorge Mendes, who is Doherty's agent, who is he actually has, he's an advisor to 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 Wolves, the Wolves owners, and also has a stake in the business, and he is also an agent to both Nuno and Jose, uh, Jose, yeah, which is basically a clean sweep of uh of. He's Jorge just basically Mendes. pulling yeah. the strings of the whole deal. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a head. He has a hand on like a few 
Portuguese signings that are bound for Spurs in the future. Uh, right. But the guy basically, the guy basically runs the transfers for Wolves. And you know what's the the craziest thing about it? It's him getting Doherty to sign yeah. a new deal Jeez. with Wolves last season. Mm-hmm. He gets yeah, a yeah, yeah. fat payout from that. Asian fees, that, right? Exactly that signing. Uh, I think is that extension bonus. And then when he, uh, when he brokers this deal to Spurs, he gets mm-hmm. another fat payout. Uh, yeah. for the signing on bonus so this guy agents super agents in general are just something else man yeah I think probably Jose had invited like Jorge Mendes into his office and then and then kind of asked him hey, yo I, I want Doherty if you are mm-hmm. able to make this happen I'm sure you can uh, tell the owners of Wolves that you're gonna promise them like another three signings on Portugal and that's yeah. actually what happened I mean they yeah. signed Ma- Marcel who is the uh, a new left back for Wolves? Fabio Silva. I mean, the guy is a literal kid. He he just turned eighteen. <laughs> yeah. For like thirty five million pounds. Yeah. And I've actually yeah I actually went to transfer market to actually uh, take a look on uh, their agents their agents. So Marcel is being represented by Ulysses Santos, while Fabio Silva is represented by Soccer Talents Vision STV. And I wouldn't be surprised in the future if both of them will be represented by Jorge Mendes. This, when, I, I don't even remember when any of this really, like, happened. I think it all started kicking in maybe around 2010, but, yeah, it's, you're seeing some crazy deals um, because these agents are making it happen. Yeah, and also touching back on the whole Doherty yeah. shadiness uh, of a transfer, I think part of it also, it's also due to you know Jorge Mendes's part on helping the Wolves land bargain transfers in the past, and uh, as a way of returning the favor, Wolves kind of allowed his client to leave for a modest fee, and I mean I I'm sure Wolves had Ainsley Maitland Niles in mind when they brokered that deal, but Arsenal kind of pulled out of it. Yeah, and I'm sure if they had like an early notice of it, they wouldn't have let Doherty go on the cheap. No, no, absolutely. I think mm-hmm. I, I don't know who pulled the plug on the the Maitland Niles deal. Maybe it was after his performance at the I, the Community yeah. Shield. Arteta, but, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably Arteta, but I think there were rumors because Maitland Niles has made it no secret that you know he wants to play more centrally. Uh, he wants a bit more assurances. Although the irony is that if he did go to Wolves, he probably would have played at right back or right wing back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's a good player. Really um, good young uh, homegrown talent for Arsenal. And if they can somehow find a way to keep him happy and performing to the best of his uh, of his abilities, could be a real baller for Arsenal. Yeah, he's basically their version of a young James Milner. Yeah. Hey, if, if Maitland Niles can still be performing at that level in 20 years, that'll be a... Heads off to him. Great coup for Arsenal. Um, but yeah, yeah s- since we're on Arsenal, uh, I'm glad you brought us to this. Mm-hmm. What do you think of their signings and also that whole situation with okay, okay. Like, Aubameyang's contract? Firstly, I have to talk about uh, William Saliba. Yeah. And Arsenal fans have to have a, a realistic expectation <laughs> of him. I mean, 
they all expect him to be this savior in their Rafael Varane, right? Yeah, they are the, the new the new French Beckenbauer, but yeah, he's just a kid. He's he just turned nineteen or twenty, and he hasn't played a single minute in the EPL, and they expect him to just slot in and get like clean sheets every game. I don't really see that happening until, like, I I don't see him being a sure starter, probably until like ten games in. And okay. yeah, and I understand that David Lewis has his moments, where everything about him seems to be just a one man clown fiesta. <laughs> but honestly speaking, he is their best defender, if they play a black three, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So. I see Arsenal rocking the three four three formation that they played against Liverpool until yeah. like either Gabriel or Saliba settles down. Then they're gonna transit to like a four two three one or four three three. Wait, so with Luis out for the the opening month oh, of the season. Out. Yeah, Luis just got, got injured, I think. Oh. No no, I know I know he's out for a month, but I can't remember what kind of injury he got. So mm-hmm. do you think that will force Saliba to come in right away into the side? Yeah, because I was reading about this uh, Rob holding the Newcastle deal beforehand, and it kind of got, it, it 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 was similar to the Ainsley Maitland-Niles deal where they just pulled uh-huh. up. So I yeah. kind of see holding being part of the back three. Okay. Yeah, but the defensive leader-wise, because they have Maropanos out on loan, Mustafi's out. I mean, David Lewis. I I just found out that he's out. So. Maybe they are going to trust Saliba in if they're going to play a back three. But I don't know how he's going to cope. I mean, their first game is against... Uh, it's against Fulham, Fulham, yeah. Fulham. Mitrovic, man. Mitrovic's <laughs> going to do bits. Yeah. Yeah, he's a nasty customer. Mm-hmm. Um, But, f- okay, so we kind of have then settled at the back. A lot of reinforcements there. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, we haven't talked about Gabriel yet. So just a quick touch. Honestly, I, I'm... Do you? I I'm gonna be the first to admit I don't know anything about Arsenal's new Gabriel, not the previous Gabriel that was pretty damn awful. Um, yeah, yeah I I don't really know what what he's about. Do you well, like? I've been watching quite a lot of AFTV. Right. I mean, other than the banter wise, I shout I really out like, Robbie. Yeah, <laughs> Robbie. Yeah. So they're kind of guessing about Gabriel as well, but. He's kind of like a wait and see for me. He's been on loan. I mean, okay, Lille. They are known as a selling club, right? But yeah. if he was your best defender, you wouldn't have let him go for... Okay, they, they paid about 25 million for him. And if he was what Arsenal fans claim him to be, he would have been... He have gone for way more than 25 has been on out on loan for the past two seasons before his breakout season at Lille. Uh, okay, I mean, you can't really read much into that, but... He, it, it might have been a release clause. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, ex- expecting a 22-year-old defender who doesn't speak any English to marshal a defense, it's quite a lot to ask for. <laughs> yeah, now that you so mention it. I will be extremely surprised if either Gabriel Okay, before the David Lewis injury, I would say I would be extremely surprised if like either Gabriel or uh, William Saliba starts for Arsenal against Fulham. But 
Yeah, I mean, we'll get an answer really soon. I, mm. I, I believe Arsenal's the first game, right? First game mm, of the season. Yep, yep the kickoff. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually interested to know how they how they line up. And uh, another guy who's been rumoured to have, you know, showdown talks and there's speculation about him moving on is Lacazette. Oh yeah, what's up with him? I, I always feel that Lacazette was another player who never quite gotten like a crazy run of, of form you know he's always scored he scored important goals for Arsenal mm-hmm. but he's never quite cemented his position as the guy and I think also I mean he's just a French Darren Ben right Obama <laughs> 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 Young came in in January of the same season I think mm-hmm. so any chance that Lacazette could have had to really cement his position as the guy Obama Young just kind of stole his lunch money and I think a lot of Arsenal fans were expecting them to line up alongside each other but as we've, we've I mean honestly you can't very really few teams yeah exactly very few compare teams like can compare Lacazette to Aubameyang exactly so Aubameyang is just a different tier striker yeah like, he's elite yep Aubameyang is world class and I think Lacazette he might even be out of favour a little bit uh, like Arteta is a liking to Enketia even I mean, calling yeah. back from Leeds early he was benched by Enketia. How do you pronounce his name? Is it yeah, Enketia? Oh, Enketia. Enketia. Yeah. Yeah. It's like N. Yeah, Enketia. Um. Enketia. Eddie. Yeah, Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Eddie N. Um. Yeah. So I think Lacazette could be moving on, man. I I just think if they get. Obviously, Aubameyang is gonna be pretty bummed out about that. Um. Mm-hmm. He hasn't signed his own contract either. But I think if Arsenal get a substantial offer Lacazette will be on his way it's just I don't I don't know any club right now elite Champions League club yeah and I can feel that Arteta prefers Eddie's way of playing like he presses he's a lot more agile he understands what Arteta wants of him compared to Lacazette I mean Lacazette does well holding up the play but Enkatiya kind of offers them a lot more in terms of movement speed of play and yeah, we, I was watching the commentary and I, I would say I was really impressed with him in that strike. Yeah, I know. He could have easily scored a, a brace against us if his finishing was just a little bit more clinical. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but um, oh my God, we totally forgot about uh, <laughs> Nicola Pepe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he, oh he's going to be on fraud watch. I mean, it, it kind of speaks volumes that when we talk about Arsenal, we, we totally, totally forgot, forgot about, about Pepe, yeah. right? <laughs> that kind of sums it up. <laughs> I mean, Unai Emery wanted, like last season when Unai Emery was at the helm, he wanted Zaha over Pepe. But, um, that's true. The, yeah, the Arsenal board that's true. got Pepe because he was an up and coming young French talent. Also, and compared, from Lille. yeah, yeah, kind of compared to, yeah, Lille is basically their feeder club. If you think about <laughs> it, they had a. Javinho, Javis, the forehead oh himself. God, yeah. <laughs> Javis, Pepe, who was started as Javinho 2.0 at one time, by the way. And Literally now, just because they play in the same position and they're both from Ivory Coast. <laughs> yeah, I, but I yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he needs a big season. Yeah, I remember reading an article where Wenger, who at the time was Arsenal manager, he wanted Hazard, but they were about 10 million. The board didn't want to pay the extra 10 million to get Hazard, so they settled for Jovino. 
And well, that's all she wrote. The biggest <laughs> L, man. I mean, yeah, Vivanga's been, they've been linked with. There's isn't there a meme like every player who's turned out to be sick at one point, Arsene wanted to buy him. Yeah, you could build an entire yeah, eleven. Yeah, he would just be like, oh yeah, he had like a te- he had a one week trial with us. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, but um, yeah, we've I think we've we've done a good or with the amount of time we have a good job of just mm-hmm. co- touching base with the top six. We'll have a lot more to dissect once the season actually gets underway. So mm-hmm. now I'd like to talk a bit about the other side of the, the table. table. Some of yeah. our who is gonna get the you know who's gonna get the dreaded drop and you know I've got a I know I, I mentioned this to you yesterday I've got a hot take for one of the relegation spots mm-hmm. but do you wanna do a dark horses or dark horse first for the season so dark horse yeah, is basically sure, sure. a team we can that, do, yeah. that is yeah it's not from the traditional top 8 so just uh, just a team that like now? we compare like I'd say a team to perform of the, of the level of like a Sheffield of last season mm. who performed mm. way above expectations. Um, so why, why don't you go first? I are, yeah, I think we're both in agreement when we say that Southampton yeah, the mm-hmm. other ones to watch for this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Southampton, okay, they, they were really bad for the first half of last season. But after the, after the basically after they were trashed 9-0 by Leicester, they were the f- or fifth best team based on form for the remainder of the season. I mean, Danny yeah. Ings, the one they got away from Liverpool. I mean, I'm I'm was, so happy for him. He yeah, he, he was went one through goal two away horrible from, ACL injuries. Yeah. I mean, he was one goal away from uh, tying Vardy for the Golden Boot. Yeah, it's but astonishing. He one, yeah, he was one missed penalty away from getting the Golden Boot. By the way. Yep. Yep. And. I don't know, a lot of people who... I mean, there are a lot of people like us who are thinking Southampton are going to build on that good showing last season, mm-hmm. but there are also a lot of people who have big doubts about whether Ings can get anywhere near his tally from last season, and also... Like, whether it's a one-season wonder? Yeah, it's... I mean, let's be real, like, Ings is a good player, but it's going to be very difficult to match um, his tally from last season... But I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if he gets 15 at least. You know about uh, Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson, yeah, right? Yeah, in Newcastle, yeah. They had this like formidable partnership yeah. at Bournemouth. Okay. I could see this happening with... Ings Nathan and Adams. Redman. No, no, no. Uh, Nathan Redman and Shea Adams slash Danny Ings. Okay. Yeah, this, yeah like, I mean, every time uh, I see... Okay, Nathan Redman... Is Nathan Ritman, okay? There, there you know is no exactly what you're going to get, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he has this uh, telepathic understanding with Danny Ings. Like, he he knows where to find Danny Ings and he always plays the pass to get Ings into that that position where he either is able to score or create like a key pass that leads up to a goal. So, yeah, I think Ritman could have a breakout year this season. I mean, he's been touted to be like a wonder kid together with Ward Prowse for like for years. Well, yeah, Ward Prowse is another guy who's never. He's always just kind of gone show, about. Right? Yeah, he's just gone about his business, but mm-hmm. never got that big move. Um, yeah, he's probably just gonna be Mister Southampton by the time he's thirty-five. Um, so with so, that, we've mm-hmm. come to the relegation favorites, which 
I'm sure okay. we, have a lot of, we have a lot of fun with. So why don't yeah, you list I mean, out? You, yeah, yeah. You you mentioned Brighton as a relegation candidate. I mean, I really don't think so. Mm-hmm. Okay, New Malpai. Stats wise, he has scored, uh, ten goals and two assists in last season. I mean, for a guy who is uh has never experienced the Premier League before and ten goals in his debut season, that's pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, um, everyone knows Brighton doesn't have the worst team in the league. Brighton's team is very average, but definitely not the worst. I just think that they are in a position where they've been in the league for was it two, three years now. Mm-hmm. They've mm-hmm. always been there or thereabouts in a relegation battle, and yeah, sure, they like to play. You know, they they like to play a short passing game, which is very admirable for a team. Uh you know, that's struggling with relegation, but I think that's the biggest danger. You know, you saw it with Bournemouth, you know, it's a team that's kind of just been hovering around that hasn't shown signs of stepping up into becoming that consistent mid-table team. I just think Brighton will be caught a little bit in... They'll they'll get the feeling that maybe we're too good to go down. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a side like Brighton wouldn't be afraid to sack Grand Potter if things go if things go wrong and then what happens when the manager gets sacked you completely change the style because it's unlikely they'll bring someone in who wants to play that kind of football so I just think Brighton are a decent team far from the worst team in the league but I just think that they'll they'll have they'll have problems going forward I could be dead wrong on that but that's just my that's just my hot take the main catalyst for their potential relegation could be complacency complacency like, just a bit of a like uh, superior com- superior complex not just that it's they're unsure of what their goals are are our goals you know to finish in the, the top half of the table are we preparing for another relegation battle I just think that they themselves aren't very sure of what their goals are and okay like and players like Adam Lalana, you know I like I like Lalana a lot you know former Liverpool player but Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll be ready for a relegation fight if that happens. I know he's been through the ringer with Southampton, but having played at Liverpool for the last five, six years, I don't know if he's up for something like that. And I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he has a great season. But yeah, the the problem for players like that would be if things don't start well for Brighton. And I'm not exactly sure what their run-in looks like. Mm-hmm. But we'll just have to see after five, I, six I games. Mean, it's it's a... Chelsea in the opening game and then Newcastle at home in the Knicks. Mm. It's kind of a... It's like a mixed bag. Mixed bag. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mixed bag. Yeah, we'll see. Well, man. I mean, to play good cop in this, I, I think you've been selling Brighton a little bit too short. Mm-hmm. Mm, I mean, Leandro Trossard, he's basically a Hazard 2.0. No. <laughs> I mean, come on. Okay, 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 okay. okay. This I understand why this could be like a hot take. Yeah. Like, just, just hear me yep, out. Okay. Yep. I mean, he, he's okay. He's Belgium, so that for <laughs> nationality criteria, sure. he plays left wing, which is Hazard's position, and like the only reason why he has not racked up more goals and assists is because during that time, Mopé was out injured for a while and I think Connolly was the one fulfilling Mopai's shoes and I've actually watched some Brighton games 
and dude, Trossard's a baller. Like, he he is okay. He he's not Hazard level. Let me take that back. But so he's just like day, a, a ball, not still not baller yet. <laughs> the the I mean, on his day, he can, Okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah, on his day, he can he can change games. And Lalana, I mean, I I love that guy as well. He's one of the few MB Pedal football players that yeah, I know. The yeah. other one being uh, Santi Casola. Yeah, Santi. Santi was a baller. But the only one that I didn't understand, like, do you know Aaron Moy? He actually left. Yeah, he went. China. He went. Yep, yep. Yeah, and Aaron Moy was one of their best players last season. I have to say that. And Ben White, he has just returned from his loan at Leeds United. And I think that with him and Lewis Dunk in mid, in the defense, Brighton could, you know, improve on the defensive record. And they have Tarek Lamptey as well, who is unknown from Chelsea. He's, yeah, he's were, a really, you, were, really you, were you right surprised? Back. Were you surprised that Chelsea let him go? Well, we have Rhys James and Aspi, so but he, he on was a definitely gonna play. You know, I thought maybe they loan him. Oh, out. he was. Wait, I thought he was on loan. No, I think Lamptey was sold. I'm not sure he if he has was? a buyback clause, but it's definitely permanent. Permanent uh, okay. asterisk buyback clause. I'm thought, not sure. Yeah, I always thought it was on on loan, but yeah, he he was. Lamptey is a talent. I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea buy him back one mm. day, especially for right backs. They're such in such short supply, but yeah, that that those are. That wait no, that was my, I guess relegation pick, and obviously. I didn't bother mentioning the you know the ones the obvious ones that everyone's gonna throw out like West, West Brom, Brom Fulham, Fulham Villa. Yeah. <laughs> so in terms I mean, of surprise relegation candidates, do you have anyone that that might get the drop, or do you think it's gonna be pretty straightforward? Okay, I before Newcastle signed Wilson and Fraser, I was gonna put them down as one. <laughs> oh yeah. But hey, they have like Wilson, Fraser, Almiron, and like the best midfielder in the league, Anderson Maximin. Yeah. Yeah, their front four is way better than Chelsea's front four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, after Wilson and Fraser signed, they are the dominant front four of the league. <laughs> oh, God. But I do like, I do like St. Maximin, though. He's, he, he, he Wait, was frustrating, he, he was frustrating uh, at first to watch, but something happened, especially yeah, after actually, lockdown. He, he's a yeah, lot he's more... Actually, uh, Convert like converting the dribbles and take ons yeah. into actual goal chances. Exactly, exactly. He's mm, a bit like Adama Traore, like a Gucci version. A bit more Adama finesse, Traore. yeah. Adama is just bulldoze. His his panel his dribble against uh, uh Sevilla is still something of beauty, man. Just from his own half, just yeah, the oh, ridiculous just, pace, ridiculous strength. I was just checking my phone and uh, Jamal Lewis. Just signed for Newcastle. <laughs> it wasn't Li- more Liverpool linked with him. Uh, yeah, kind of speaks. Yeah, there we go. No, no, wait. Yeah. Is it Jamal Lewis or Max Aaron's? I think I'm getting the Jamal two Lewis, stuff. Jamal Lewis. No, no, it was they were both linked to Jamal Lewis. But who was the? Okay, okay, okay. How much? Max Aaron's plays right back, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. How how much did they drop on Jamal Lewis? Thirteen million. Liverpool didn't want to cough up the three million. I mean, we like he's not gonna start anyway. So why? Why? But I mean, this is guys... a, this isn't about Liverpool, okay? <laughs> this isn't about Liverpool and our and our shortcomings. 
I mean, just one more thing at Liverpool. You guys can't seem to afford like a McDonald's Happy Meal at the Dude, moment. We, With the way you guys gonna are have, We're going to have to sell Melwood, man. <laughs> this is bad, dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, so, yeah. Okay, before the signings, yeah, I was Newcastle, I right? Newcastle, but, bro, West Ham. Man, oh, yeah, West Ham, dude. They are... Like, have, have you seen Mark Noble's tweet I on did, uh, I did. the Grady Diangala yeah, transfer? Yeah. yeah some, there's something wrong with the club, man. I And, like, Suchak has... Suchak is a uh, quarantine? Suchak, do you know Suchak? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. using I'm using West Ham in FM, dude. I can tell you first oh, time yeah, I'm yeah. fresh. Yeah. yeah. And Rice is like... Oh, yeah. Rice is another guy linked to Chelsea. I mean, Rice, mashed potatoes, fries, curry, they're all being linked to Chelsea at the moment. Yeah. So, uh, they have an unsettled Declan Rice. Suchak is quarantined. Haller is, Haller is just inconsistent. not that good. Yeah, he's just... Jared, Bo- Jared Bowen is Jared Bowen. Yamolenko has, like, glass ankles. Anderson is being touted with a move back to Lazio. I mean, that club is in trouble. Yeah, it's... You hit the nail on the head. I, I mean, centre-back, all that hype around Isa Diop has kind of died out. He's just yeah, not... I mean, I- couldn't believe that United wanted to sign Issa Diop for like 45 million. Yeah, I that mean, was that was crazy. Yeah. He's have you seen the decent, clip? Have but... you seen the clip of like where okay they they had this friendly against Bournemouth and then Bournemouth were like doing a counter attack and Diop was like, Fuck it, I'm not gonna defend. And so then Noble he just was walked like back. Like he didn't even try to stick <laughs> a leg out. And Noble was just like walking towards the the end of the penalty box and he didn't even bother tracking his runner and I once I saw the clear I was like West yep, Ham those are my guys yeah and it's not just we haven't even talked about Moyes coming back <laughs> like I'm not a Moyes hater he has brought a lot of memes into my life and he did start he did spark the United you know the post Fergie good times but mm-hmm. It's just the principles, man. You 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 hire him. A lot of eyebrows are raised. You sack him. You hire Pellegrini. You go in a completely different direction. You sack Pellegrini and rehire Moyes. Like, how does that make any sense? If I'm a player in that club, I'd just be. You know, it's 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 insanity. It's literally insanity when you keep repeating I mean, the same. It's a mistakes. literal clown fiesta. It, it's yeah. I mean, do that club. I feel for I feel for Russell Brand. I think West Ham and Newcastle in, we've, I mean, I'm guessing we started watching football around the same time. West Ham mm-hmm. and Newcastle have kind of been relegated twice already, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. fear for them, man. Like, the next time might not be so forgiving. I mean, Rice is the glue that holds, like, the, the whole team together. Mm-hmm. Not Rice, I think. Mm, I mean, you got guys like, like Pablo Fornais who are average at best, you know, nowhere... They're not gonna, I mean, you know, not, they're not gonna uh, dig in for the team. It's not like West Ham didn't spend money. They spent like bucket loads on of co- yes, average would, players, yep. unproven players. Like the last time they were actually good was the Dimitri Payet era. Yeah, that was that one good season with uh, yeah. was Slaven Bilic, yeah, who's now West uh, Brom coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, West Ham. I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, they're they're. Hell, Brighton is like a shot in the dark. That's just something I'm saying to feel edgy and part of me really believes it. But mm. yeah, West Ham, man. West West Ham is a good shout. 
Yeah. Who knows? They might, but opening day, they might <laughs> they might win 4 0, so you never know. The Premier League is crazy. I, I actually think Newcastle, they're going to win. I mean, new signings always give players a lift, right? Yeah. And Newcastle finally signed a striker after so long. I mean, Carroll, Andy Carroll's Andy Carroll. He's going to like play a game and then get, get injured for the rest of the season. Jolinton was a massive fraud. Um, <laughs> yes. Dwight Gill. Okay, to be honest, Dwight Gill has been doing bits, but he's out until next year. All people and... talk about when Dwight Gill is mentioned is Kristan Bo, which is so annoying. <laughs> and uh, Muto is not Yeah, Muto is enough. not good enough. I'm sorry. Yeah. Shout out my Asian I brethren, mean, it speaks, but... It speaks volumes when... John Joe Shelby was top in goals and assists for your club last season. Dude, you don't have to. Yeah, I mean, six to, yeah, goals and me six that, assists. Yeah, so I think Callum Wilson, proven Premier League goal scorer, with like his buddy Ryan Fraser assisting him. Also, know, shout Newcastle. out Steve Bruce, man. No one gave him a chance yeah. when he got hired. Good I mean, him. I mean. If you're gonna replace Rafa Benitez, I'm sure no one, even, not even you, Nakaso fans, I mean, yeah. like, us fans would consider Steve Bruce of equal caliber to Rafa Benitez. But hey, credit to him, man. Yep, definitely. And they, I mean, sometimes they play some diabolical football, like they go with five at the back, but mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. And I love that you, you know, brought I, up Joel Linton. <laughs> who is a massive fraud. <laughs> and I just want to like, we're going to end off episode one with something we like to call Fraud Watch, which we will mm-hmm. probably be bringing up every episode. Every week, we're going to nominate two names and basically just watch them to ascertain whether they are ballers or true frauds. Yeah, it's just players who've normally been hyped up by players or by the media mm. or players who have come in for big transfer fees mm-hmm. but you know there's just something a little bit fishy about them and so why don't you get I mean we talked about Joel Linton briefly <laughs> but why don't you get the ball rolling on who do you who do you want to start this new season off on Fraud Watch I mean even before we started talking about setting up this podcast I have always been highlighting this particular midfielder from mm-hmm. uh, Guinea his name is uh, Nabi Keita. Yeah, Liverpool, Liverpool fans, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah okay. I, 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 Why, I, I don't yep. what entirely disagree is, with that. What grabs me is, okay, he, his transfer fee was, uh, he came from Leipzig about three years ago for a transfer fee of 70 million. And he's been injured for like 50% of the games. In mm-hmm. the other games that he played, he's been not up to scratch. Okay, and but okay, I, I kind of have to give him a bit of credit that his form did pick up uh, post restart, but doesn't really justify his 70 million. And the only reason why I feel that Liverpool fans have not been on his back more is because they've been doing so well in, in the Champions League and the Premier League recently to the point that this has been swept under the rug. But with uh, Gini Wijnaldum being touted to leave for Barcelona... I think Nabi Keita is nowhere to hide now. He's, he's, he has to fill in Genie's role as the guy who plays in the half space, like in between midfield and striker. So it's going to be a big year for him, I guess. 
and we're gonna see whether yeah, he's I, I... actually good or is he like a massive fraud yeah I completely agree um I'm a big believer in Nabi. I like him. I think he brings energy whenever he plays, but it's just been so inconsistent. He'll have one really good game. Liverpool fans will start, you know, getting hyped up. Finally, this is the Nabi Keita we were promised. Mm-hmm. And he either gets injured or he doesn't have a great game and gets subbed off after 60 minutes. So it's been very frustrating to watch him. And... Yeah, like you said, I'm I'm hoping that even regardless if Thiago comes in or not, I hope Keita is able to stay fit and just show us what he's capable of. I know that behind all the fraudulence, there is a really good quality player in there. Yeah, second nomination is uh, Mr. Hype himself, James Rodriguez. He, he won the 2014 uh, World Cup Golden Ball. Is that what you call it? Like the best player in the World Cup? Yeah. But what has he done, like, after his move to Real Madrid? He's been on loan, like, twice to Bayern, and... Wait, was it on both occasions to Bayern? Yeah, he was given a two-year loan, and... Oh, yeah. He came, Zidane brought him back, just mm-hmm. to get squat depth and just to give him a shot, but he found out very quickly that he just didn't didn't fancy James, didn't see him playing in that, in that team, and... I mean, the signing from the get-go for Real Madrid was... You could tell it wasn't going to end... It wasn't going to end well. Like, Real Madrid were, were just in that, that weird phase where they were dropping money. Mm-hmm. They were doing a PSG before PSG started doing their thing. Wasn't it their you know, version of, Ronaldo. like, Galactico 2.0? Yeah, Galactico 2.0, exactly. Yeah. They, like, they had bought Bale the season before. Bought James <laughs> a year after he went to Monaco, where he was pretty average. Like, you know, not setting the world alight. Mm-hmm. But he, he just was insanely good at the World Cup and Madrid decided, hey, we're going to splash. I believe it was 80 million at the time. Mm-hmm. 80 million on this Colombian kid mm-hmm. um, who doesn't even really fit our system and unfortunately, he's not had the best of times yep. uh, in La Liga. I thought he was pretty good for Bayern if I'm being completely honest, but... Wasn't that for... Was it when Ancelotti took over? Yeah, yeah. The, he had one season, oh. I believe, with Ancelotti and another... That with... was his... Uh... That was the season where he was uh, fairly good, but then again, it's Bayern. You yeah, know, you have to. Yeah, you have to be really trash to not perform with that that Bayern team. I mean the and the fact they didn't sign him up. Yeah, speaks volumes, right? Yeah, and I mean, yeah, he's I, a bit of a luxury player. I kind of understood why Ancelotti wanted him at Everton now. Okay, but but okay, I know why Premier League fans are so psyched about the James Rodriguez signing because. He's a household name. Like, if you talk about, if you mention James Rodriguez to any fan of football, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I, I know the dude. He he's good." Then if you if you ask them, "So what's your most recent memory of him?" They're all gonna say, "Okay, maybe like ninety five percent of them they're gonna say, oh, 2014 World Cup where he was where he was the best player there." And then yeah, exactly. No one mentions him after. So. Yeah. Okay, you don't go from playing for Real Madrid to going on loan to Bayern and then having a permanent transfer to Everton and still be deemed as an a truly elite player. Okay, all respect to Everton. I don't want to I can I can hear the Everton fans sharpening their pitchforks at the moment, but Everton haven't been good since Moyes. 
they've always been serial serial underachievers. You know, they always have a a quote unquote big transfer window mm-hmm. with a new manager, whether it's Kuman, whether it's Marco Silva, who's the biggest frauds of all time, and now it's you know Ancelotti's first real transfer window and. I don't know. I mean, it's if if it's it's hard for it's hard for Everton fans to not get excited, but I would see how things pan out. You know, like I think the guy who is getting completely overshadowed but could be the big player for Everton is is Alan. You know, Alan, however you pronounce his name. Yeah, I, 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 I'm just gonna go with Alan. Yeah, Alan it sounds more exotic. Um, but yeah, he's he's a you know really talented uh, centre mid. Watched him play in Serie A a couple of times. Watched him, you know, take Liverpool apart in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think him and Ducori, although Ducori has been in a bit of a decline lately, I think the two of them are really going to be the the backbone for this Everton team, which might help James do his thing. Because if if you're relying on James to do defensive work, I've got, uh, <laughs> I've got some bad news for you. He's not going to defend. We, we, we're totally forgetting about Andre Gomez. You can't leave Andre Gomez out of the lineup. That guy, exactly, yeah. I totally forgot about okay, him. But okay, if, if you so unless unless they're planning to play James on the left and Andre Gomez in front of Ducori and uh Alan and then with um Kabaluin up top. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that no top six team actually went for Ducori. I mean if you were to ask me to list like the top five players who do not apply their trade in a top six team, the Curry will be one of them. I mean, the Curry on the decline, mm, bit of a hot take for me, but I could see why uh, you mentioned. He's good, him. but I don't think I don't think the Curry is all there. I think he's he's decent, but first season at Watford, he was impressive. I think he got called up for France, but since then, maybe it's just because he's been in a really poor Watford side. But yeah, yeah we'll we'll see. I mean. Hamas Okay Talking about Everton's defense Pickford Is horrible He's, he's not a good keeper <laughs> Yeah Yeah I'm, I, I'm still Is he still England number one? Yes Shockingly Yeah Yeah And Coleman is Definitely not the force. Definitely some shit on Gareth Southgate yeah. Seamus Coleman is not the force That he was Like a few years ago I think John Joe Kenny Is a good Mmm Groom- I think Carlo is going to groom John Kenny to take over Seamus Coleman soon. Seamus Coleman has been on a decline, like Ivanovic levels of decline. No, no, yeah, I, I agree. But at the same time, you look at the Everton team, he's probably the most, he's definitely the most senior player and you need that leadership. Maybe if, if you sacrifice a bit of that pace, um, but yeah, if performances do continue to drop drastically, I can see Kenny just making a spot his own. I mean, if you're going to play Hamas on the right, Coleman's going to have to defend. He, he, I'm sure if he gets caught out on the halfway line, whoever's attacking that left space is going to have a joy of a time. Hamas is not going to defend. Man. <laughs> oh, you know, that, which is why I, I feel playing him uh, out wide probably doesn't serve in their best interest mm-hmm. but now that I've remembered Andre Gomez exists yeah. and he's a very very good player yep. I got caught up in the new signings mm-hmm. yeah I'm I'm actually not entirely sure how they're going to line up but it's going to be interesting for sure I, I'm going to be paying close attention to 
Everton for at least the first few games of the season. Yep. Me too. Calvert Lewin. Yeah, man. Is it? Do you think he's gonna have his breakout season? I mean, he he had. He did score 13 goals last season, which is fairly decent. Do you think he he's the type of player that will hit the 20 goal mark? I don't think he'll get the 20 goals yet, but I think he'll get closer and closer. And I've seen glimpses of him being, you know, he's quite intelligent off the ball. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, you know, good in the air. Uh, against us, the first match after the restart, you know, he was probably Everton's biggest threat against us, although they didn't look like they wanted a attack at all on that day Mm -hmm. so while I don't think he's going to get 20 goals I think he will improve on uh, his tally from the previous season Mm -hmm. if I want to be mean I'd say Bruno Fernandes but who (laughs) who am I kidding I I, I think Bruno is a fantastic player oh dude you have just incurred the wrath of every United fan I'm just joking I'm joking you can hear them sharpening (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's a great player um (laughs) I, also, I'm interested so really, to see how United line up. Also, you're really nominating Bruno? I mean... No, 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 no. I'm joking. Oh. I I, I mean, all the, Pen- the Penandes shit. Like, I mean, like, he's a great player. You know, he completely changed United. Um, I'm, I'm going with James as well. Okay. I like James a lot as a player. Mm. But like you said earlier, my memories of him were those fantastic goals at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. He just has a look, you know. He looks like a superstar. Let's put it this way. He looks like a superstar. You want someone like that to, to impress week in, week out. Mm-hmm. But whether he can do it at this Everton side where pressure is going to be on him again, you know, it's it's. I think it's a win-win for non-Everton fans because if he flops, you know, it's one of your rivals that was supposed to be pushing flopping. Mm-hmm. But if he performs well, Premier League has another great talented um, attacking player to, to, to look out for so I think it's a win-win yeah we've, we've talked each other's ears off yep. um, very glad to finally get episode 1 off the ground yep. and looking to do it um, pretty much every week or whenever there's there's something big going on in the Premier League or even in you know the European football like Champions League yeah glad, glad to have been on for this first ever uh, podcast many more to come Full Kit Banter, guys. We're on Spotify. Um, follow us on Instagram at, at Full Kit Banter. Have a great opening weekend of the Premier League.